0: guys, welcome to The Occupied Mind. We are on episode 5. I'm kind of shocked at that, and it is awesome. Um, I watched a lot of stuff this week, didn't listen to that much, also didn't read anything at all. Um, I am getting over a pretty bad cold, and when I don't feel good, uh, there's no reading for me. My brain can't comprehend it. But uh, let's get into what I did consume this week. In the world of podcasts, the new one that I checked out, was called The Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. It was a recommendation from Duncan via the Flick Chat app. Uh, It's for people. They review horror movies. I only had a chance to listen to one episode. The one episode I did listen to, I absolutely loved. I thought that they were really funny. They reviewed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series and they ranked them and then they reviewed them and I find I found their uh, dialogue and they're pretty funny. Uh, they had some. They had a good um, riff off of one another. So if you are looking for another horror podcast to listen to with a side of funny, I would highly recommend uh, the Devil Times Five horror podcast. I will be listening to them going forward. In what I always listen to. The only interview podcast I had a chance to listen to this week is Dax Shepard interviewed Busy Phillips from Cougar Town and Freaks and Geeks. I'm a very big fan of hers because of Freaks and Geeks. I loved that show when it was on and I was very upset when it was uh, let go. After one season, I don't think that that was fair, but they had a conversation about social media because Busy Phillips is she's very big on social media. She's always posting Instagram stories, posting stuff about her kids and herself. And she's very real and down to earth on her Instagram stories. And to hear her talk about, you know, she asks her, she asked both of her daughters if it's okay to post pictures of them on Facebook or Instagram before she does it because she wants to control the story, she wants to control the pictures that are being posted and taken of her children and I think that in this day and age that's a very smart thing to do. I really enjoyed the conversation uh, between the two of them. Uh, so if you are a Busy Phillips fan, I would recommend the Dax Shepard uh, Armchair Expert episode with her that was on on Monday. On uh, a little bit of a different realm, my one little one-off podcast that I listen to for mental health, the How Are You Holding Up podcast, they did an episode on medication this week, and I really liked it. They talked about both of them have had experience with medication, and, and they talked about what medication they took, What time in their life they took it, which I think is extremely important and How it affected them and if they are still taking it or if they felt that um, It was not useful. They were very candid about their usage of mental health drugs and the one host even talked about how he currently isn't on something and that he knows that he needs it and he needs to speak to someone to get it. He can feel himself needing it, the the medication. And I think what I really like about How Are You Holding Up? podcast is in a world where mental health doesn't really get taken too seriously, these are two real people that are talking about their real mental health issues that they have and i think that that's a very brave thing to do and i like it and i really can't recommend this podcast enough and they're really not that long i think the longest episode was like 38 minutes but they had a great episode on monday about medication you seriously should give them a listen what I am excited about is now Duncan and Bow Come Correct ended for their coverage of Too Young to Die Old because that show, you know, is done already. However, Hunter, which I'll talk about briefly in a couple of minutes, uh, started premiered on Netflix on a Friday, so Duncan and bow Come Correct will be covering the new season of Duncan and Bow Come Correct. I believe they said that that'll be up in a week or two, and so I'm very excited. And I I only watched an episode or two because I'm going to try and watch as they do their episodes so that I'm not too far ahead because this is a very, Mindhunter is a very subject heavy show. And I know that listening to their podcast is going to be very helpful for me to understand all aspects of the show. So I am looking forward to that premiering. Also, Pick 6 did their second movie review, and they did Planet of the Apes. Not the one with Charles and Heston, but the one with Marky Mark. And I... <laughs> I have to tell you, if Bo could just do a whole entire episode as Marky Mark, I would be in heaven. His impression of Marky Mark the whole entire uh, episode of talking about Planet of the Apes was brilliant. And their background on Planet of the Apes as a whole and how this one, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, came to be was extraordinary. I can't even imagine how much research they did for this. I think it was like 24 minutes worth of research in the beginning of the episode, and it was really interesting. So again, this season's pick six is not, no, not this one, all about remakes, and it's great so far. The first two episodes have been great now like i said i did not read any books this week so i don't have any book reviews my goal is to at least read bear town this week i've got to get my school starts September 1st, and I've got two books left on my Frederick Backman list, and I want to get those read before school starts so I can review them. And then I think I'm going to break down my bag of 23 that I got from the sale from the summer and break it into categories and just kind of do categories. I have nine Stephen King books, so I think I might do that and try to read them for the fall i think that would be a fun thing to do because a lot of them there are a lot of like the retro like really old stephen king that i've seen the movie adaptations but never read the book i think i have like christine the mist i i have to look but i know that i got nine of them I think I got Carrie, too, and I've never read any of those, so I'm kind of excited. So I'll break those down, and that'll be my next. And so because I didn't really read this week, I also didn't really listen to a lot of music. The only new one that I listened to was recommended from Danny from the movie and horror hip-hop show. He recommended Lizzo. Now, I listened to the whole CD, it, it was okay. There were some songs that I really, really liked, and then there were some songs that were just okay. I'm not the biggest fan of hip hop and rap. There might be some sporadic songs that I like here or there, but as a whole, it's not my favorite genre of music. So. The songs that were kind of heavy on the hip hop, I didn't particularly care for, but her more R&B-ish ones, I did like. And I also wanted to recommend an artist who I can't believe I didn't recommend before, but there is an artist that Kirk played a lot over the summer that um, I had never heard of before. But she's called LP. Now she's got a couple of albums out. She has Heart to Mouth, Lost on You, and then she's got one other one. But the Lost on You album is amazing and the song Lost on You is amazing. So if you, she's got, I want to say she's kind of like Katie Lang she's got that essence of her with like a mix of like melissa etheridge like she's really good i really recommend her lp uh lost on you album would be my favorite now i did watch a lot of tv and a lot of movies this week because i didn't read so um I'll start with TV. Rocco's Modern Life, the special, aired on Netflix this week. It was great. If you are a fan of the show from the 90s, it was a 45-minute little homage to Rocco. It was the point of the episode was Rocco was trying to get Fat Heads remade because when he they were traveling space for 20 years <coughs> and Rocco came home and he didn't like that everything changed and that Fat Heads wasn't on anymore so he just he was bound and determined to get fat remade and so that's like the point of the episode and it was it was cute i liked it uh i thought it was a great little tribute to Rocco. so it's only 45 minutes it's a quick watch if you're a fan of the original show i'd highly recommend it uh in other terms of reboots the 90210 reboot it's been on for two weeks now I don't understand why everyone is so shocked that it's kind of like a reality spoof from the get-go it was a reality spoof I guess no one read the articles but I'm enjoying it second episode in I I like the direction that they're going I'll I, I, it's it's good. Um, they've paid, they've paid their respects to Luke Perry a couple of times throughout the two episodes, which was really sweet and kind of made me cry, and I like that Shannon Doherty is back in it, and the second episode ended with Emily coming back, so if you watch the original 90210, even though it's not a technical reboot of the show itself, it's a reality spoof of them trying to reboot the show, and I like it. They're playing heightened versions of them, of themselves. It's funny. It's fun. Give it a watch. I also, because of that, it's been, like, I was obsessed with 90210 when I was in high school. Uh, very big Brandon Walsh and Luke Perry fans here. As a matter of fact, when I was 20... I went to my, me and my two girlfriends for her 20th birthday. We took her to a Bob's Furniture, not the one that everyone knows. This was some little one-off furniture place in the 90s in Freehold, New Jersey. And they were having a signing and Ian Zeering was there. So we went and we waited online for a couple of hours and we got an 8x10 autograph of Ian's earring in a furniture store. He was very, very nice. Uh, I no longer have that autograph. God only knows what happens to it. But from what I remember of the day 20 something years ago, He was very nice. Um, We waited in line like a long time. There weren't a lot of like screaming idiotic people there either And it was in a furniture store. He was in the middle of a furniture store, which I always thought was kind of funny Also (coughs) So I don't normally watch intervention, but intervention is going to be in Philly or the this next six episodes is going to be in Philly and because that's really close to where I am I wanted to watch an episode and it's pretty hard to watch this they they showed these two people and one had like six kids and she was she's living in the streets and her family comes and gives her money for food and then she turns and she spends it on drugs and then there was another and then they go to the this guy again living in in the in the streets in Kennington and he sells needles like He'll go and he'll buy like a bunch of like plastic, like needles, bags of needles and sell them and make money that way and that's how he gets his money for drugs. But when he doesn't sell enough needles, he'll, and this is where I felt so bad, he'll call his mom and he'll be like, I didn't make enough money today. I'm hurting real bad and I don't have any money and the mom will come here She'll come to the city and she'll go and she'll give him money to, so that he could get a fix. I feel awful for her because I can't even imagine knowing that if you you put yourself in a rock and hard place, if you don't go and give it to him, then he's just going to go and do it something, get it somewhere else. And he could, you know, she has a very high risk of... The fear of losing him if she doesn't help him and it was just it it was just the first episode and i'm really intrigued by how the next couple episodes are going to go um and the last thing i wanted to talk about before because this kind of ties together with the drug aspect is even though it's technically a a documentary it was on hulu Um, I'm kind of considering it TV. I don't really consider this a movie. But the Amazing Jonathan documentary came out on Friday morning. And I watched it Saturday morning. Now, in the 90s... So as you'll find out from listening to me do this show, you're going to find out what I really, really enjoy. And as you can tell, my stuff is kind of vast i lis- i ingest a lot of stuff in a given week and i in- i enjoy pop culture a lot but you know in my teens growing up i'm a very big fan of stand-up comedy so i used to there used to be a show on fox and the name is escaping me right now but it was it was on from like 11 to 11 30 and it would just be like stand-up comics. That's how I found out about Drew Carey, Rosie O'Donnell, all of these, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Bill Angville, all of these stand-up comedy guys that I'm most of, that I'm still really big fans of. And one of them was The Amazing Jonathan. I loved The Amazing Jonathan in the 90s. I thought that he was hilarious. And, you know, I, he, I know that he went to Vegas and he was doing shows in Vegas and that's kind of all that I knew. I didn't know any of the other stuff that I found out in this documentary. So if you are in any way, shape or form a fan of The Amazing Jonathan, I highly recommend this documentary because it's fascinating and it's weird. He firmly believes. now take note that he found out he was gonna die, like he has this heart disease and he was supposed to die almost four years ago. He was given a year to live almost four years ago and he's still here, still standing. And it's amazing to me, amazing to me that he is still around and he does not look good. However, as the documentary is going, you realize that he doesn't look good, not so much because of the heart disease, it's because he still does drugs. Like, still does speed. To this day, never stop doing drugs. He firmly believes that his drug use is the reason why he's famous. And he feels that if he stops doing drugs, he'll stop being famous. And he didn't have one film crew filming him. He had for filming him. And then you even wonder, like, then there's a little piece where you wonder if his heart disease is real. I just... It was crazy. And the filmmaker, Ben, who made it, what I really liked is he put a lot of himself in it because he thought he was the only person doing it. And then he found out there was another crew and then he found out that there was a third crew and then he found out that there was a fourth one but the fourth one was actually the first one and they like stopped doing it like two months after because truth be told jonathan does not come off in the greatest light in this documentary but i don't think that that's him i think that that's the drugs that is making him the way that he is. And they show, like, I don't want to get into all of it because I want to leave a little bit for you guys to discover, but this director, he goes well beyond what he should be doing to get this film made. And I really, if you know who the amazing Jonathan is, you have to watch this documentary crazy documentary. Uh, Last TV show I want to talk about, Mindhunter. Mindhunter premiered on Friday. I finished three episodes. I probably won't finish any more. Because like I said when I was talking about podcasts, Duncan and Bill are going to be covering this, so I don't want to get too far ahead so then I can ingest all of the information um ooh, before I forget in TV there are two TV shows so tonight the righteous gem, gemstones start uh with John Goodman and oh God uh Danny McBride and Adam 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 Mc, oh I can't remember Adam's last name but the kid from pitch perfect can't wait for this i think it looks hilarious i have been waiting all summer for this one there's a lot of good things coming out uh the deuce just premiered their new trailer if you aren't watching the deuce on hbo you are missing out But the deuce comes out in september that's going to be its final season which i think is good i think you can only do so much on porn but it looks like it's going to jump to the 80s so it'll be the 80s porn industry which i think will be fun also um kirsten dunce and uh Alexander Scarsdale from True Blood and Big Little Lies. They have a new Showtime show out in which the name is escaping me at the moment, of course. Um, While I'm looking that up, (coughs) we also have Good Eats. Good Eats, the reboot, is coming out uh, next Monday. That will be on, I think, not on Food Network. I think it's going to be on the Cooking Channel. And that Kirsten Dunst show is on Becoming a God in Central Florida. That also starts the 25th, but that'll be on Showtime. Also, Showtime has Shameless. Shameless is coming out November 3rd, which is my birthday weekend. So that's kind of cool. So there's a lot of good shows on the horizon for the fall. But... So, getting back to Mindhunter, sorry, didn't mean to go on a little tangent. I do that sometimes. So far, um, pretty good. I mean, it's kind of a hard show to review. It's just them talking and studying serial killers. So, so far this season, it's kind of been focused on Son of Sam and the B K T BKST killer. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, but those are the two that they are discussing so far. I know t- that Charles Manson is supposed to be on at some point this season. And I'm really looking forward to that. But in the realm of TV. Um, oh, oh my goodness. I almost forgot about The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale ended. Um, what did I think about The Handmaid's Tale? As a whole. This season was not my favorite. It ended stronger than it started. I feel like the last couple of episodes, like the last like three, four episodes, were much better than the whole rest of the season. As a whole, I kind of feel like season three was too long. It was 13 episodes. I think they could have chopped three of those. Um. Bradley Woodford, give me him all day, every day. I love him. And, wow, I love Elizabeth Moth. I really... I don't know. It just ended on Wednesday, so I don't want to spoil anything. But I feel like they need to close up certain storylines, and I feel like they're dragging them out. What I will say about the season finale is it felt exactly like last year's season finale. Exactly. Except on a more grander scale. Change it up. Be a little different. Please. You're at your core, you're a very good and strong show. I feel like you're just dragging it out and you're not focusing on people that you should there's so many different ways that you can go i'd love it if you focused more on the people in canada and you don't and i think june's story just needs to end she's done she's done all that she can do just move on to somebody else focus on canada to focus on anybody else but june her story is done please 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 Stop telling June's story. Um, alright. Movies. I have not been having the greatest luck with movies lately. Uh, last weekend was horrible and I watched all bad movies this week and not on purpose because, uh, and I I watched one good movie and I'll review that one last. But, I started off my week with School Spirit, which was a, is a Blumhouse film that went straight to Hulu. It just premiered. Uh, it's kind of like a horror version of The Breakfast Club with the ghost spirit, I guess. So these four, these kids get detention and then they get killed off one by one while they're in detention. Really, that's all you need to know. And the killer dresses up like the school mascot. It was... It was just bad. It just wasn't good. Uh, uh, Yeah, it was just bad. Don't watch it. Please. Do yourself a favor. Then I, I kept with the school theme. And I really wanted to see this in the theater, but... for some reason or not I didn't now I am a very big Kevin Hart fan and I love Tiffany Haddish and I also highly recommend her autobiography Black Unicorn because it is phenomenal and she is very funny however I watched Night School it was not it it was really not funny not funny at all I did miss, like, the first 20 minutes, but I don't think 20 minutes would have saved that film, but it's basically Kevin Hart doesn't have a GED, and he goes to night school to get it, and, I don't know, it, the plot didn't really make sense, and I feel like they were just trying too hard to be funny, and it just wasn't funny. Then uh, I watched an okay movie, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because I have to... I told Duncan that I would review it for the movie club for the podcast Under the Stairs, so I'll do a little bit more in-depth review on that show, which I'll probably record after this. But I watched Satan Slaves on Shudder. It was okay. It was alright. Uh, Asian horror film about a mother who dies and comes back for her family. Eh, it's okay. That's all I'll say. And 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 here's where my biggest disappointment of the week comes. So I really like Jennifer Gardner. Uh, I 13 going, I'm 30. Camping was great last year. I love her on Instagram. Her uh, cooking shows are really funny. They make me laugh. And last year, I was really excited to see Peppermint. And I was, you know, it was Wednesday night I was or Thursday night. I was scrolling through, trying to find something to watch because I still, still didn't think I could get through reading. And I saw that Peppermint was now on demand. So I was like, oh! couldn't wait to watch that. I was super excited. I'm like, yeah, Jennifer Gardner, action movie, woohoo! Oh, woo. This thing was all over the place. So this movie came out last year. I don't know if you guys remember the promotion for this, but Jennifer Gardner plays a mom, Her her husband and her kid go to a carnival and then the husband and the daughter get shot down and killed and then five years later she comes back and seeks revenge on the people that killed her family. Great plot. Solid. The problem is, and like for a couple minutes I thought that the movie started wrong, but it it doesn't go in chronological order. And while I don't mind that, I don't mind films that go out of chronological order, I feel like going out of chronological order for this film hurt the why into why she was doing this and where it was coming from. So the movie starts and she's already, it's five years in the future, her family's already dead and she's beating the crap out of some guy in a car. And then it goes, and then it jumps back to five years, and it shows how it happened, and then it jumps back, but I feel, and then it jumps back, like, once more, like, it doesn't have too much, it only jumps back in time, like, twice, but I feel that that really takes away from the story, because you don't you don't understand why the husband does it like there's not enough background it's just like a little side note to the husband being told oh hey if you drive we could steal this money and then the husband saying no it's legit like two minutes between this guy and his friend the the husband and the friend and then he gets killed over it Like, there's not enough backstory and I think that that's lost because they time jump. Also, why she reacts the way that she acts I think is also lost because they they jump around the time. I think if they started in the beginning and gave, put like maybe 15 more minutes in there and bulked up that front end story the rest of the film would have been much much better because you don't really like there's no connection like, there was no connection for me for this this film and i was really disappointed because i feel like as an actress jennifer garner is really easy to connect to because she just has that type of personality i feel like she's very much a true barrymore type of actress and I was just, I was just really, I feel like she was phoning it in, I feel like she was trying to do, be too much like her alias character, and, and when it should have been more of like a mom character, like why, it's, I don't, it, it's just, it wasn't, I was very, very disappointed in that, um, so, whatever, don't, don't watch it, if you haven't seen it, don't watch it, I wouldn't recommend it unless you want a dumb action movie in the background one night. And if you have seen it, do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? I'm just kind of curious. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone in my not love for the movie Peppermint. I did end my weekend on a wonderful movie. We finally went to go see Scary Stories to Tell in the, it's tell in the Dark. Now, I liked it more than Kirk did. Kirk thought it was okay. Um, But he's extremely critical of movies. Where I I know you wouldn't believe that from the bitch fest that I just had for the past five minutes from all the other movies, but in, in the grand scheme of things, I really like it doesn't take much for me to like a movie. I just had a bad batch this week. I really enjoyed Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I thought, you know, it is based on a kids book, or kids books. I'm sorry, and they did. It was the scarecrow, the scarecrow story, um, the the toe in the stew. Then there was oh the I can't uh, this this guy this really creepy looking dude i can't remember his name it had a weird name where he falls apart and can come back together and then of course the the main girl sarah and then uh the, ooh, the spider ooh, in the face yep but um I thought that the special effects in it were great. Um, the kids, I really enjoyed the kids. I thought that they were spot on and I was actually generally, genuinely scared a couple of times. I jumped a couple of times and the story with the spider in the cheek, um, that creeped me the F out because I don't like spiders. Um, but. If you were a fan of the series when you were a kid, I really recommend that movie. It was great. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, Go see it. We, I'm hopefully gonna go see Ready or Not on next Saturday, I will let you know, it depends if I can convince Kirk to go, but I really want to do that. And I also, now normally this would be it, but I feel like to kind of get to know me a little bit better I was gonna add another section and you guys let me know if you like this section and it only kinda stems from a lot of the conversations I've been having in the flick chat app this week but I thought maybe I'd add a retro section some stuff from um, my childhood that I loved that I have been re-watching or has kinda been having like a resurgence lately but um I didn't watch all of it but Monster Squad was on this week because it's it's 27th or 28th anniversary this year so it, it this week so that it's on rotation on the HBOs I believe so if you are a Monster Squad fan and if you have HBO Monster Squad is on rotation this month give it a watch that movie still stands up <clears throat> uh my all-time favorite show all-time favorite show Friends, they're, it's their 25th anniversary this fall, so they are putting four episodes in the theater. You can go see four episodes in the theater for three nights. They're doing four episodes each night, I think, or they're rotating between like six but you can see four episodes and a whole bunch of extra content. They're also resetting up Central Perk in New York for, I think, up until mid-November. And uh, it's $27 a ticket. But you can go and see this the setup of Central Perk and get pictures and all that stuff. I definitely, I'm thinking that I might want to do that. I'm not 100% sure. But um, I definitely think that if the movie, if the episodes play around here, I definitely want to go see it in the theater. I think that that would be kind of cool to see Friends on the big screen. Also, so we were talking about, because of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, we were talking about other scary authors. And I don't know if you guys remember Christopher Pike. Like, growing up, not only did I read a ton of Sweet Valley High... I was all about Christopher Pike. All about him. Chain Letter, Weekend, Remember Me. His books were so good. And I used to read them so quickly. What other... Like, I wasn't really a big, like, R.L. Stein person. Because I think, like, when R.L. Stein and Goose... That's more like my sister. Because my sister and I are five years apart. So I think... Like Babysitter's Clubs, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and R.L. Stein were more her, where I was more like Christopher Pike, Stephen King, although Stephen King is not for kids. Like, that's who I used to read all of the time. So, what's your favorite Christopher Pike book, or what author did you like around that time frame? And the last little retro that I wanted to talk about... (laughs) I don't know if I'm gonna I'm always gonna bring up I'm gonna end all of my episodes with a a really rare vague 80s movie or at least I might think that it's rare I want everyone to tell me if they remember the 1984 movie give me an F it is one of my favorite dumb comedies and it is about a group of teeny it's a it takes place at a cheerleading camp and it's about these virgin cheerleaders who go to this cheerleading camp and are made fun of and they want to win the cheer competition. It's hilarious. I just found out that it's on Prime video, so there's a very good chance that I might watch it because it's been a minute since I've seen it. But uh, tell me if you remember the movie Gimme a F because that movie is hilarious. And if you haven't seen it, it's a must because there's a very great uh, footloose dance ripoff scene in the middle of it. And <laughs> it is just oh, hilarious and brilliant. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening and sharing. I really, truly appreciate it. Please follow me on Twitter at at the underscore occupied underscore mind. Follow me on Flick Chat. I've been talking to a lot of podcasters. It's been a lot of fun. Come join me in the group there. I try to post some stuff. I'm waiting for a QR code so you could just scan. But come on, join the fun in the flick chat app. If you have any questions, uh, you know, tweet them to me. If you have any movie suggestions or TV suggestions, you know, again, in the flick chat or the, you know, or follow me on Twitter and let me know there. Thank you guys so much. And until next week, have a great day.